showing people like the behind the scenes of stuff that's going on and the process of things and not just, oh, here's a thing that I created. They don't know all the like stuff that went into it or all the work or all the experience or all the practicing and things that went into creating something, but showing people that behind the scenes view into stuff as well, I think is pretty important. Microphone check, one, two, what is this? You're now listening to a brand new episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. Look what you done started. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. I'm your host, Cherie Prince, and I am here today with Ashton Rodenizer. Ashton is a creative entrepreneur and a live illustrator. Ashton, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me and happy to be here. I'm just as happy to have you because I have learned something new in preparation for this interview. So you have introduced a term to me. Like I said, it's totally new and I'm all excited about it. And that's sketch noting. Tell us a yes. little bit about what sketch noting is and why you love it. Yeah, so sketchnoting is a way to visualize your notes. So when you find yourself in the classroom or in a meeting or sitting at a conference and you want to try to help yourself remember some of that information, instead of just linear notes that are all words, introducing images and little drawings and doodles into your note-taking can help you stay focused. It can increase your memory retention and yeah, it can help you just engage with it in just a more holistic way. And I have really taken my work as a live illustrator for the last 10 years, where I find myself in these types of settings as well, but visualizing them for a group of people and really wanting to teach people how to be able to do it for themselves because you don't need any previous art experience. You don't even know how to draw <laughs> to learn how to do this. I'm so glad that you made that distinction because I cannot draw a straight line with a ruler. And that's the truth. Yeah. I'm just, that's not my jam. <laughs> so how did you get started with this? Yeah, so I learned about this sort of world of visual communication, visual thinking, visual learn about 10 years ago when I was a facilitator. So I'd find myself in these groups of people, helping them move through a decision, have conversation, build connection between them. And as a facilitator, you're less about being the expert in that topic and more about being in that and creating that safe space for people to have conversation. So when you're a facilitator, you hear what people are saying, you're thinking about what they're saying, and then you're feeding back in words what it is that you heard them just say. But as a graphic facilitator or someone who uses visual communication and visual thinking, you can feed back not just in words, but spoken words, but written words and images. And some of the similar value and benefits for sketchnoting, like they're all like hand in hand work together. Um, but when you can, when you're in that room and see that drawing unfold in front of your eyes, it helps you feel connected. It can help you feel seen and heard and valued in just a really unique and different way. And because most people think in pictures, it really resonates with a lot of people that experience it. That is so good. 
help us bridge the gap between the visual experience and helping with memory? Yeah. So when we introduce like multiple ways of learning and engaging with information, the chance of remembering that just goes higher and higher. And because most people think in pictures, being able to add in a picture can help increase that memory retention. So just doodling, which is like making marks on a page that don't even have anything to do with that information can help you remember information up to 29% more. So what I like to do is like take doodling that you might already be doing anyways and just making it more purposeful for you. There's a little bit of brain science and theories around how we learn and think. And one of them is like the dual coding theory where we have the two parts of our brain, which are one is very like word and text and language, and then the other half, which is very visual. And when you put those together, it can help solidify the memory retention of that information. It is one of my favorite benefits or values around doing this type of work. But it's interesting because now that I've been educating people on how to do it for themselves, one thing that has come to the top, which has surprised me a little bit, is that people are learning how to sketch note and do visual note taking for learning, yes, but a lot of them are also doing it to help them communicate complexity. So they have, they're encountering like a challenging work situation or a product design or like something in their workplace. And then they use this skill set to be able to visualize that complexity and then communicate it to someone else. So where I thought that was like a nice thing that people would like to use it for is actually like outranking the learning piece when I'm working with people currently. So it's, yeah, it's always so fascinating to, to hear and see how people engage with it and get the most value and benefit from it. So another thing that I learned from you is that there is a world sketch note day. Yeah, January 11th. And there's a reason why it's the 11th because it's two pencils. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, this yeah. is so good. It just, it gives you something else to think about. So now every time I look at a sign or any sort of communication, I'm going to be thinking, all right, this is an option in terms of the way I communicate, but what was the author yeah. of that image thinking about as well? Yeah. yeah. Now you actually have an event coming up. Yeah. So on January 11th, we're putting together like a free virtual event for people who are like, at any phase in sketchnoting, super brand new to maybe more advanced. And we have workshops and sessions over that three-hour period, including I'm going to kick it off with a sketchnoting 101, getting all the newbies kind of started with some skills right off the bat. And then we have a woman named Heather Martinez who's going to be doing a, a fireside chat, and she's like the lettering person. She's just like an incredible lettering artist. And we have someone else doing, I can never say the words like anthropomorphism, but it's basically where there's objects, but you humanize them. So if you ever see like an apple with a smiley face on it, or like a box with a smiley face on it, that's that's what that means. So adding like the, that kind of playfulness into your sketch notes. And then we end the day off with Mike Rohde, who is actually the guy who coined the term sketchnoting. 
the idea of visual thinking and visual communication in this way has been around for a long time, like created this unique term around it that's kind of taken off. And he's going to be doing a sketch noting in your daily life session to end the day. So it's a big deal. It's very exciting. And it's so interesting from like an entrepreneur perspective because I just had to ask and they were like, sure. It's just so funny how sometimes we look at people in our industry and we just think these things about them, like they're like untouchable in a way. And all I did was reach out to them and ask, and they were like more than happy to do it. So I'm very excited to put this event together and yeah, just help introduce the idea to people who might be new to it and want to do it in a safe space surrounded by people who are in a similar space to them too. So yeah, it's very exciting. Tell me a little bit about just your overall entrepreneurial journey. We talked about how you got started, but like what is the next thing with sketchnoting? And another thing a lot of people are into now is AI. Does AI play Mm -hmm. a part or have we touched the surface on Mm -hmm. AI? Yeah, it's one of these like industries or like jobs or careers that you're kind of like by default have to start a business. <laughs> so they're like 10 years ago and I was introduced to it, I started playing around and like doing a few things and charging for it, but I wasn't really sure if this was going to be like a side gig or something I wanted to take more seriously until about two years in. And then I was like, decided to go all in on building a business around it. But yeah, it's, I think sometimes we have these career aspirations. We find something we really love, but nobody's hiring for them. (laughs) There are a handful of agencies around the world that occasionally hire people to do this type of work, Um, but there's not too many. There's really only a handful. So luckily for me, when I started trying to figure out how to create a business, it came like very naturally to me. Did it mean that I wasn't like riddled with self-doubt and fear and worry and all of the things, but I also have a pretty tenacious personality. And when I decide to do something, I'd really do it. (laughs) And I don't like giving up. So that persevering attitude (laughs) has really been helpful in creating this really unique, different kind of business. Over the course of your career, about how many presentations do you think you've actually completed? Okay. So before 2020, I was 100% in person. So that means I was literally traveling around with big markers, got some here, some big markers, giant rolls of paper and doing it in person on sheets of paper on a wall, like large life size. And I have to mention that because when 2020 came and then I moved everything digital, I was able to do more in a shorter amount of time. Whereas sometimes if it's a two-day event, my whole week is gone. Uh, where, you know, last year, I think one week, I, an event every day. And that's like a lot <laughs> when you're doing it virtually. I haven't updated my numbers yet. I always do it this time of year. But this year I did 400. Last year I did 600. The year before I did 700. So whatever that is, just in the last three years, plus... I don't know, a thousand maybe all together from all the other years combined. So not as many for those first number of years, even though I was still like just as busy time-wise, but 
you just can't create as many when it's like a hundred percent in person. So I think I'm like around 3000, I think something. Okay. You're getting a big wow from me because that is, (laughs) yeah, that's wow. That's awesome. (laughs) So you were talking about the event. Now the event is virtual and it's free as well. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So is it just that one day or tell us how we can actually register for the event? Yeah. So sketchnote.school, you'll find the registration page for it, World Sketchnote Day. I think I, cr- I created a bit.ly actually yesterday. So it's like bit.ly slash WSD 2024, but it's all capital. So yeah, so it's three hours not to overwhelm myself. Maybe next year we'll go a little bit bigger, but I was like for a first time, Three hours is probably plenty. I'm going to be pretty burnt out from that. Yeah, it's exciting to be able to be on the other side now and being able to like share my expertise and all the learnings and building a community that I wish I would have had starting out. I do have a Sketchnote school community that I launched this year, and we're revamping it to create a free aspect of the community at World Sketchnote Day, which is very exciting because then it can allow people to start to get their feet wet a little bit, see if it's something that they want to take a little bit more seriously, and then they could join the free paid part of the community if they want to as well. Being able to have both options starting next year is pretty exciting. Awesome. And you already anticipated my next question was whether this was going to be an annual event. So we can look forward. If we can't be there this year, we can definitely make it next year. I hope so. I hope so. I think even some every year is a little different depending on who wants to take something on. So it's been happening every year since 2016, I believe. Um, But it's just a matter of like kind of taking it on and doing something. Sometimes people will just do like little small Zoom meetups where they just come and sketchnote together or what have you. So it's depending on people in the sketchnoting community, what they would like to organize. But I just decided to dial it up, make it a little bit of a bigger deal this year. Yay! If you had one piece of advice that you would give to someone who was interested in sketchnoting that helped them play big faster in that industry, what would it be? Yes, this year has been really interesting for me in terms of my visibility. So I feel like I've just been spending this whole year getting comfortable with being visible and being on podcasts has been a part of that sort of process. It's like getting comfortable speaking about what it is that I do and my journey and hoping that it can inspire others. And one thing that I wish I would have done early on was put myself, my like face and me out there more where I can very easily and have always hid behind my work because it's so graphic, it's so illustrative. When people would come up at an event and take a picture, I would step out of the view. Or when I'm sharing on a Zoom call, when I'm doing it digitally, I usually don't share my face, right? It's just like this mystery. But I always want to elevate the work, the visuals, and not make it about me because at the end of the day, it's not about me, like the work. But realizing that is pretty important, especially now as someone who's like creating this sketchnote school community and like being more visible as someone who is talking about this a lot now and wanting to be like known as someone to go to to learn this from. 
I've just had to be like really comfortable and getting visible. So if I would have done it a little earlier on, I think it would have been a lot helpful, like a lot more helpful. And that goes for like sketch noting too, in terms of sharing your like quote unquote bad sketch notes, like helps everybody, right? Because if we only show our best works, that's the only thing that we see and we compare ourselves to. And then we think, oh, I could never draw or I could never sketch note because it's never going to look like this, like Ashton 10 years in, 3,000 presentations in. So I've been like sharing a lot more of my early works with people to show the growth of, hey, this was like my early days and this is now. And these are all the ones in between. So you can see the growth and the style and like my lettering getting better and my drawings improving right? Because the whole visibility of just putting your face out there is one thing to kind of consider and think about, but also being visible with your work. And I think that's why Austin Kleon's book, Show Your Work, just blew up and is still really popular, even though it's been out for several years now. This whole idea of like, there's like the term like building in public, right? So it's like showing people like the behind the scenes of stuff that's going on and the process of things and not just, oh, here's a thing that I created. They don't know all the like stuff that went into it or all the work or all the experience or all the practicing and things that went into creating something, but showing people that behind the scenes view into stuff as well, I think is pretty important. So there's my long-winded answer to your question. <laughs> no, that is so good. So if someone wanted to contact you to work with you or just had more questions about sketchnoting, how can they contact you? Yeah, so everything's learning how to sketch note is pretty easy. It's just sketchnote.school. The word sketch, the word note, put together, dot school. Awesome. Thank you yeah. so much for joining us on the podcast. I've learned a lot, and hopefully, our listeners have too. I appreciate you. And uh, it was so nice to chat with you. And until next time, everyone, play big faster. Thanks for listening to this episode and remember to play big faster. 